Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. And welcome again to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. We are working our way through uh, the book Truth in a Culture of Doubt. And we have, uh, we've been going through the first chapter here. We've gotten to um, a, uh, the second uh, claim that he makes here. So the way these, this chapter is divided is there are four claims that he makes about God and suffering, God, evil, and suffering. And, uh, you know, basically the first claim had to do with the problem of evil. Right. And we've kind of worked our way through that. The second claim then says that the Bible contains many different answers to the problem of why there's suffering in the world. And uh, many of these answers, Bart Ehrtman says, contradict one another. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing here is kind of critiquing Erdman's, uh book on uh, that uh, on God's problem. Right. right. And so that's that's what we're working our way through here. Yeah, so God's problem is that there's evil and suffering in the world. Uh, God supposedly is all good, um, but there's still evil and suffering. Therefore, God doesn't exist or right. something, along something those like lines. that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, well, we're on uh, claim two of four of, of Erdman, and so um, we're, we're responding to, uh, to that. Um, so uh, in God's problem, Erdman surveys the various books and genres in search of uh, their explanation for suffering. He finds that the Bible offers these five... Uh, kind of main argumentations for why there's suffering, why there's evil in the world. And so he talks about uh, suffering comes from God as a punishment against sin, and he calls this kind of the classical view. Uh, I don't know if that's quite the classical, classical view, but um, that's what he calls it. So uh, any, any. So the reason why we suffer is because we have sin. Boom. Right. That's right. it. So you've done something yeah. wrong and now you're paying for it. Maybe it's the one most popularized. <laughs> uh, suffering as a result of human beings sinning against the other human beings. So oh. I hurt you. You hurt me. Bad thing. That's okay. okay. Right. So, right. So me hurting you caused you to suffer. And so that's the cause of suffering. Yeah, that, that's, right? that's the bad. Is yeah. You caused me suffering. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, if we fight each other and uh, you knock me out and you win a bunch of money, but I bet on you to, to <laughs> knock me out, then suffering is good. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine then. Uh, uh, third is uh, suffering is redemptive. In other words, suffering exists in order for God to bring about a good that would not have been possible without evil. Okay. Very so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is, that's a, yeah. yeah. I, I would say that's a classical view as well. I would say so too. I mean, the cross seems to be kind of central to yeah. Christianity. Yeah. I'm no expert in Christianity <laughs> except for I, I claim to be one. Um, suffering is a test of faith. God uses suffering to see who will serve him and believe him despite their circumstances. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember a few books of the Bible talking about that as well. And then the fifth one of why there is suffering is suffering at times is mysterious. Ooh, Ooh we're going to be Lutherans in our, no, I'm <laughs> sorry, sorry to all our Lutheran friends. So many times God doesn't give us the exact reasons we suffer, but expects us to trust him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Bible isn't, all encompassing. It's it's not uh, four million pages uh, critiques, understanding uh, syllogisms. That, that's right. That's so right. we, we got to keep this as as short as we can, and still you know uh, have it be legible. It's not maybe. <laughs> so so according to Erdman, many of Erdman, many of these uh, five explanations are contradictory. Right? Oh. One contradicts the other. Oh, okay. But it's difficult to understand why he thinks any of these answers are necessary at odds with one another. 
why, how do they contradict and why do you think they're at odds? You know, yes, there's different, uh, different biblical authors at times focus on, uh, on a given explanation, right. right? One of the five. But this doesn't mean that they thought that they were providing the universal, you know, answer to suffering and evil mm-hmm. that must be applied to every situation. So just because you say in this situation, you know, we think that this is what's going on doesn't mean that's the universal answer in every situation, <laughs> right? right? Now, clearly, if that was the case, then, yeah, there would be some contradiction, one would think, right? Or at least, um, you know, things would be at odds with each other. But that's not what we see when we look at Scripture. Right, right. Right. And so um, we we see that the the claiming that there are explanations for suffering is different from saying we'll know what every explanation is in every situation. Uh, This is actually something that came up in our metaphysics class when I took it, is is, uh, we were talking about Hume and... Kind of the professor was saying, you'd have to explain every variation of, of, of evil and, and determine that it had a purpose in order for the the idea that uh, suffering has a purpose for it to be true. Yeah. Every single one? I have to do every single one? No, that seems unfair. But my, my joke was that I was young, I could probably do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only if one assumes that each biblical author was giving an exhaustive explanation for suffering, which Ehrman self seems to admit is not the case, and, and he, he, he does, and he, he, um, he claims it in his book, uh, and fails to read the Bible as a whole, one uh, can can one argue that the biblical explanations for evil and suffering are contradictory? Right. And he even admits that uh, there are some times where some suffering is redemptive. Mm. Uh, if you talk about uh, going to the gym, going to work out, oh, that's suffering. You're you're you're, you're breaking your back. So, well, later on, you don't have to break your back. Uh, so, was that suffering good? Well, it seems like you broke down the muscle. That's not something your body wanted to do, and then it built it back up stronger, tougher. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, suffering, yeah. evil. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, since uh, since he gives little attention to explaining why he believes these explanations are contradictory, the real problem for Erdman is not that there are contradictory explanations, but that he doesn't like uh, the explanations that the Bible gives. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what's going on. He just doesn't like the explanation. So, you know, you can't say this is an explanation and this is an explanation and they all contradict. No, perhaps they apply in different areas at different times and different situations. Right. And so if that's the case, then they're not contradictory. You just, as as uh, our book tells us, he just doesn't like these explanations. Right. Right? You would have to say, you would have to present your own standard and say that the, the, the meta narrative for suffering is it has to incorporate X. And then every iteration from this, from the classical to redemptive to mystery, is just a, a, a take on that. It's always going to point back to the X, whatever that is. But to assume that is to assume there's suffering and evil, and that you know the standard. If yeah. if, if you know the answer to it, then present it, and we can tell if it's if if the the subunits are are contradictory to the yeah. to the main one. Exactly. That would be that would be the interesting thing. Um, and so uh, two and three kind of uh, meld together here a little bit. And so the third claim is that the Bible's explanation for suffering and evil are not satisfying. I don't like it. That's right. Well, okay. I mean, you know, that, that could be the case is, um, you know, if, if we're talking about um, uh, d- developing a, a societal change uh, by implementing the Internet. And uh, I say, well, is there any problem to that? And you say, uh, well, there are going to be more computers in the world. Well, that's not really satisfying of an explanation. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that it, you can kind of say, I don't like that explanation because it doesn't, it doesn't give me enough. But 
I'm I actually I'm actually modifying the I don't like it because I'm saying it doesn't give me enough. That <laughs> that would be that would be a better critique than I don't like it. Yeah. So Urban doesn't deny that the Bible provides explanations for evil and suffering. Uh, he just doesn't care for the explanations that the scriptures <laughs> give, right? right? He just doesn't like them. And so several responses to Erdman, our book tells us, are in order at this particular point, mm -hmm. right? So why don't you walk us through the first one? So the first one is the ultimate test for the Bible's truthfulness can never be based on whether certain people like the answer to it. Oh, right? wait a minute. So wait a minute. I, I can't say just that I don't like it and therefore it's wrong. Right. I can't say that. Right. And, and in fact, the Bible talks about how people don't like it. And that's the whole point of the reason why we have these issues. <laughs> so God doesn't cease to exist just because Bart Ehrman doesn't like the answer God has given. So that there's uh, uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there, there's the really funny joke that I like, very British. So uh, we might not all laugh and uh, it's me telling it, but uh, the philosopher goes up to God and uh, says, ha ha, you do exist. And God says, no, I don't. And the philosopher says, well, you do exist. I see you. And because you lied, you don't exist. And God pops out of existence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, okay, that, you know, that, that, that's, 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 uh, that's uh, the philosopher killing God in, yeah. in a sense, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which Bart Ehrman uh, doesn't quite seem to do here. So no, just because no. he says, well, I don't like that doesn't mean that it, 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 it kind of just hand waves a single yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, good. So that's the first one. The second one is often Ehrman wrongly cast the biblical explanations as absolute, <sighs> right. right? That must apply to every situation. And then he mocks the position for not a, uh, uh, corresponding to reality. Right. right. It doesn't apply to this situation. Ha ha ha. Right. So for instance, the Bible does not insist that punishment is the only reason that people suffer. Mm -hmm. Right. The Bible doesn't say that. Right. There are other reasons. Right. In fact, uh, uh, one has only to read the Old Testament of Job to see how this simplistic view of suffering is corrected in scripture. Right. right? Yeah. So punishment isn't the only reason for suffering. Right. There, there are various reasons. Right. Job had one. Uh, the, the one that you uh, gave early, uh, last time where you said that, uh, you know, the uh, the wall falling on someone. Yeah. You know, what did they do? Or what about when Jesus talks about um, uh, the man born blind and his disciples say, who sinned him or his parents? Yeah. Right? In other yeah. words, he's being punished for being born blind. And Jesus said, neither. Right? <laughs> well, hold on. Hold yeah. on. I don't like that. Though. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, the Bible doesn't insist that punishment is the only reason that people suffer. Right. 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 Uh, but sometimes it does. You know? yeah. hey. um, so uh, the third uh, critique that, uh, that our authors, um, kind of give here is that Ehrman heavily critiques, even mocks the Christian position for saying that suffering and evil are at times a mystery, but then turns around to offer no alternative explanation of his own other than to say, all that is here is all that we have. Well, isn't, that, isn't that mystery too? <laughs> yeah, that seems to yeah. be a little mysterious to me. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, why is there evil and suffering in the world? Because there is. Okay, that's that's not satisfying to me, then. <laughs> For instance, Ehrman writes, at the end of the day, one would have to say that the answer is a mystery. Yeah. Okay, well, what's good for thee is not good for you. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's surprising that Ehrman, as an agnostic, doesn't want to allow Christians to offer as one of their responses to suffering and evil, that finite beings cannot fully understand the ways of an infinite God. Right. Surprise, surprise, right? right? So things can be mysterious and we can't understand everything, right? right? We're finite, God is infinite. Right, right? And, and, and kind of if you're internally critiquing, 
give give the position of of what you're supposed to take on and see if that at least holds water internally. So would we come to an understanding that we would have complete knowledge of a, of an infinite God? It seems to be a hard case for for even communication. In fact, that's that's a, a critique that. Um, that uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has is, is if there is such an infinite God, it seems odd that he would even try and communicate to us. Now for him, I say he goes too far the other way where if it's an infinite God, why can't he communicate to us? Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, <laughs> he tends to not come on our shows. Right. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have him. Right? That'd be an interesting interview. Mm, yeah. um, uh, but uh, so, so, so we, we kind of don't, um, we, we don't get enough from Ehrman about why mystery is, is fine for him, but not fine for us. In fact, Ehrman admits that he has no real uh, explanation from his worldview either. But nevertheless, he insists that the Christian claim of mystery is one of the multifaceted responses to evil and it's a cop out. Right? <laughs> so again, you need to have an explanation for every single piece of suffering and evil in the world. Again, I, I have to have this kind of God's eye view of saying, "Well, uh, you know, th- this this uh, child stubs his toe here, uh, and then uh, when uh, fourteen people down the line uh, uh, come together, that person uh, that they choose is going to be the next president of the United States." Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, how did I get from there to there? I don't know. Yeah, but like, it's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the province of God, the, the working out of history. I mean, there are so many examples of like in the civil war, these, these, these guys are, are, are smoking cigars at the, at the, uh, um, at the beginning of a battlefield overlooking it. And they just happen to find Robert E. Lee's plans to the next battle engagement. Just happen to wow. pick up the yeah. plans. I mean, if, if you were to write that in a story, right. And, and say here, they just came upon it smoked some cigars, found, found the plans. It would go, all right, I need a little bit more explanation yeah, yeah. of, you know, a super secret spy <laughs> came in and, and did this. You, you would want more to that, but that's not just how history kind of happens. And yeah. so, uh, you know, we're, we're just not, we don't, we don't have enough here right. to, to be able to, right. to speak to it. Good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and our authors tell us that the fact of the, that suffering and evil are mysterious, um, is part of, any perspective that one adopts, yeah, right? It's right. not just, just only the Christian perspective, <laughs> right. right? Scripture gives true answers, yes, but the Bible doesn't tell us everything that we would like to know, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, there are some things that we don't know, probably some things that we can't know. Yeah. Yeah, right. Why did evolution choose this to be the designing trait? Can, can, can we know every single change? If you don't know, if you can't give me an unsatisfactory explanation for me, then evolution falls apart. Right. Okay, you wouldn't take that either. <laughs> uh, fourth here is that Ehrman fails to recognize the powerful impact the Christian doctrine of the incarnation has mm. on the discussion of evil and suffering. Yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, the, the New Testament teaches that God entered in the world, suffered alongside, and on behalf of his people. That, that's an insane thing. In fact, that's so insane is if you watch debates between Christians and Muslims, this is a huge contention that yeah. Muslims bring up as God would not you know, subject himself to this type of, of world where he's eating and defecating and uh, suffering and growing hungry and tired. This is this is not this is all below God. Right. Right. Okay. Well, it's beneath yeah. God. Yeah. Why would God yeah, right. stooped and bend to something yeah. like that low? Yeah. So no matter the trial, the suffering, or the evil facing humans, they must never assume that God doesn't care. And so God entering in the world is a is a powerful aspect to that. Is is you know He's just not a far off God who who winds the watch, sets it down, and goes off. Mm, he, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Traditional theistic Christian 
uh, uh, orthodoxy. Yeah. This is this is a, a, a big drawing point to uh, you know the, the the explanation of suffering and evil. In fact, the cross itself is part of that explanation, yeah. not yeah. just the incarnation, but the incarnation is is, is a big factor. God has chosen to suffer with us for us, actually. Yeah. Right. That's what the incarnation is right. all about. Right. right. Yeah. So while the incarnation doesn't explain the, the theoretical problem of evil, it does provide a powerful resource in response to the uh, existential problem of evil. Yeah. Right. So I can, you know, I, I am feeling this suffering. And so it is difficult. It's hard to go through, but I can know that God has also experienced this type of yeah. thing. Right. So he knows what I'm going through. And so, uh, and, and, and he knows what I'm going to because he cared enough to suffer mm-hmm. right himself. Yeah. I mean, isn't that why we tend to, if, you know, we, we lose a loved one, we find a book who is, is someone has gone through that same thing or, you know, uh, uh, mountain climbers say, yeah, I want to climb the, the tallest mountain in the world. Let me read some other books about people who did it, who suffered, who, who got, you know, 500 feet to the top of the, to, to, um, the mountain and had to come down because the weather was so bad. What was that like? Oh, that must've been killing you. <laughs> but also, yeah, Hey, you're going downhill at that point in time. Yeah. So it's probably a little bit better. <laughs> so th- those are the things that, that the incarnation and the cross and the resurrection um, bring to the table as far as explanatory power um, for, for, for the, the Christian worldview. Right. So, so, so again, his, his, his claim is that the Bible's explanation for suffering and evil are not satisfied. Much, our authors tell us, much of uh, Erdman's dissatisfaction with the Bible's explanation of suffering is bound up with the concern that for him, God appears to act immorally, right? Since this accusation against God can, in some ways, stand alone as a separate argument, uh, we need to look at it further. Yeah. It deserves more attention. And so that moves us to our next issue. Right. right? So the God of the Bible is moral, therefore, he cannot exist. That's the claim. So God is immoral. And since he's immoral, he doesn't exist. Right. Right. Which hmm. has a lot of problems. So God of the Bible is, means being, is a verb, to exist, <laughs> is immoral, therefore he cannot exist. That seems like a contradiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, you know, uh, read read Erman's book, as, see if he comes to these things that, that the authors are presenting to us in, in a in a uh, uh, condensed fashion. See if he's if he's talking about this, if he if he's using that. It seems contradictory to have that argument in and of itself, but uh, they're going to respond to it. So, what if I say that about you? <laughs> you are an immoral. You're person. immoral, therefore you don't exist. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 different because I don't have a, a sense of being the standard by which. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> You're not immoral, I, I mean, or at least not in terms of what we're talking about here. Right. I mean, it, you know, uh, I, I, everything that I say and do is perfectly fine and, and moral. Therefore, if I contradict myself, I'm perfectly fine and moral. I don't wink out of existence. But my my uh, good thing my being doesn't uh, affect my my existence. Yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not God in that sense. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so once again, uh, uh, Armin argues argument it, it undercuts itself. Right? He, uh, it says uh, this has been noted in several of the previous responses, but it's worth summarizing what we have already noted. Without God, Ermin has no way of uh, distinguishing morality from immorality. So saying the God of the Bible is immoral. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to become yeah. presuppositionalist. Yeah, I'm going to use yeah. our famous line, by what standard? Yeah. Immoral, evil, suffering, please provide 
uh, a, a, a consistent understanding of what this is uh, within the scope of your worldview or enter into ours, yeah. uh, assume our, 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 our presuppositions, our worldview, and then come up with this yeah. type of thing. What is the basis of it? Don't just give us an, you know, a, an example. We want the basis of it, right. why it's immoral. Right. Right. Yeah. So without God, Ehrman has no way of distinguishing morality from immorality, and remarkably, his objections to God based on morality actually prove, uh, provide a powerful argument for God. And this is what we talked about kind of with Greg Kokel is that it seems like uh, th- this is uh, doing more damage uh, to the other side than, than what they probably want. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, it, it's kind of a... You know, a, a judo flip, you know, <laughs> right. jiu-jitsu, right? You're, the problem of evil here actually allows for us to say that God exists, mm-hmm. right? In fact, our, our authors tell us that Tim Keller makes this point well. So let me just read what, what they, uh, how they quote Keller here. They say that the evolutionary mechanism of natural selection depends on death, destruction, and violence of the stronger against the weak. These things are all perfectly natural. On what basis, then, does the atheist judge the natural world to be horribly wrong, unfair, and unjust? The unbeliever in God doesn't have a good basis for being outraged at injustice. If you're sure that this is nat- that, uh, that this natural world is unjust and filled with evil, you're assuming the reality of some extra-natural or perhaps supernatural standard by which to make your judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the problem. You, there's no basis. And we've, we've said this over and over again. Right. There's no basis for the claim. Right. What is the basis for it, especially in the evolutionary world? Right. The Thanos snap. It, yeah. It, it's, it seems like a, a better a, a better way. You're you're suffering. Suffering's good. Uh, you're removing half the impediments to the entire universe. Go out and do with what you have now with half the number of people. Yeah. Hmm, okay, seems good. <laughs> what is more, as many of Ehrman's problem with God of the Bible can be traced to the fact that he persistently refuses to see God as having divine right over his creation and evil of humans in the rebellion against their creator. So, so you mean the creator has a right over his creation? Yeah, and, and I know a lot of people have issue with this is, you know, okay, so God creates, so he's, he, you know, has a responsibility or uh, he must do certain things. Or uh, if, if, if the God of the Bible is like this, then I don't really have to worship him. Well, that's part of the point is, right, you don't have to worship him, uh, but being the creator of all things, making the rules, being the standard, being who God is, seems to be like the computer program telling the programmer, "Mm, I don't need you, but I'm still going to do what you're kind of programming me to do. Uh, a, a little wonky there on the analogy, but uh, you know, <laughs> the, if 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 code is writing, uh, being able to write upon itself, but still stay in the confines of what it's programmed to do, it seems odd to say I, I never needed the programmer in the first place, and therefore he doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he fails to engage the Christian worldview on its own terms, and thus find the Bible's presentation of God lacking. Yeah. So first, and this is how he does it. First, Erdman consistently maintains that God doesn't have the right to do certain things, right? He doesn't have the right to do this. He implies that God has no right to, for instance, judge or to punish or to destroy. Well, wait a minute. He's the creator, right? If God is God, the creator of all things, and the one who stands above all things, then it's difficult to argue that God is wrong when he acts uh, the way that he does, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how can you say he is the creator? He is the standard. He stands above all things. He is God. 
So how can you say what he's doing is wrong? Right. Going back to the computer analogy, the programmer finds bad code within his code. He deletes it. It's it's good. He he views it as the the necessary process to get to his end goal, whatever that might be. The, the mystery the, the mystery to the to the rest of the code might exist there, <laughs> and so and so uh, judging that code, punishing that code, deleting it, destroying it seems to be a good thing from yeah. the perspective of the design of the program. That's right. The creator won. And I would also say that if he does those things and, and um, if he doesn't do those things within the confines of, of his revelation, that there's the claim then of, well, why aren't you dealing with evil and suffering? Why are you uh, killing the Canaanites, even though they're, you know, killing their children and sacrificing, you know, burnt offerings to their, <laughs> to their God of That's people right. Well, that just seems like depra- depravity among God. He's just standoffish. Well, okay, well, you know, <laughs> arguing on a both sides. So, yeah, there. really, really. Yeah. We, we want him to. We want him to punish, but we don't want him to punish. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So maybe it's punish everybody else, yeah. but not me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or maybe you have uh, uh, that. That's not a a meta, uh, a meta narrative of it. Maybe it's dependent upon you know what the scope of it is. Okay. Can't the Christian worldview have that too? It doesn't seem like Ehrman gives us that. Uh, so secondly, that uh, Ehrman's outrage against what he sees as the immoral actions of God of the Bible is rooted in his denial of the biblical doctrine of sin. Mm. Kind of no surprise there, right? right. So he denies yeah. the biblical doctrine of sin. Right. right. Uh, people are immoral, uh, or not immoral, but they're, they're sinful at birth, and, and they retain that sinfulness unless if changed by God, um, part of the redemptive process, part of the justification, sanctification process. And so if you deny that doctrine of sin, then either you believe that humans are kind of this tabula rasa of, of, of you know, uh, good points and bad points uh, that you fulfill within your life, or that man is ultimately good, which comes from kind of this uh, ideological socialism, communism, Marxism type thinking, uh, which uh, if, if that's how humans were, that m- may be an alternate viewpoint to economics, but mm. uh, yeah. it doesn't seem that, that like that's the case. And the the vast scopes of history have taught us that and continue to teach us that, uh, you know, put, put people in a room and not all of them are good. That's right. Sooner or later, something's going to happen <laughs> right. and it ain't going to be good. Right? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, and so Ehrman underestimates the majesty of God, and despite uh, the the list of evils in the world, he also uh, unduly minimizes the sheer evil of human humanity's rebellion against God. Yeah. And that's part of the Christian message: is this, this kind of um, kind of horizontal, vertical? Right, part. right. So, so the Bible affirms the horizontal nature of evil, right? People against people, yeah. and, and treat how do we treat people and that sort of thing? Uh, but claims that the root of evil is vertical, right? Uh, that is, evil acts are the uh, fi- in the final analysis is rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it is. According to the Bible, ultimately all horizontal offenses are vertical offenses against God. Right. So when people lie or steal or mistreat others or whatever, they sin first and foremost against God. That's who a sin is. Right. He's the standard. He's the one that tells us what to do. And so, if the way I treat others, if I treat them, if I if I sin against them if I lie and that sort of thing, I'm really sinning against God. So this is not only because he's a creator, but also because God and his standard is the standard in which, uh, you know, we have rebelled against. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we kind of tend to want to look at the, at the horizontal, horizontal only. And, and, yeah. and we, we 
it slaps us in the face every time. Uh, but uh, ultimately, what the Christian worldview says that if you want to do an internal critique and say it's contradictory to God's character or nature or, or what, whatever, um, you know, God being immoral is, however you can label that, um, you have to um, understand the, the presentation of the, of the vertical. Uh, so the difference between Ehrman and the Bible, it, it shouldn't be overlooked. For Ehrman, evil is evil because it hurts other people, okay? But according to the Bible, people hurting others for no legitimate reason is evil. But this is only part of what makes evil so intolerable. According to the Bible, evil is evil because it offers, uh, uh, it offends a holy and righteous God. Right, right. So and, that's the vertical part of right. it. And so, uh, you know, we see this with King David when, when the Uriah and, and um, essentially murdering him. Well, what, what does he come to the conclusion? I have sinned against God, ultimately. Yes, he's, he's broken all ten of the commandments right off the, off the bat by doing all these things. Uh, but his, his ultimate, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, sin uh, bef- before anything is uh, he, he does the horizontal because uh, he sins in the vertical. Yeah. So the Bible sees uh, things in view of the cosmic rebellion and insists that God graciously gives good things to the world despite our evil, right? So we're evil, we're rebellion against God, we hate God, we you know, st- hold up our fists at God, we want to do our own thing. We do not want God in our lives, right? That's what, that's what the scripture says. <laughs> but God still graciously gives us good things here on earth despite our evil. So from this perspective, it would be more appropriate to speak of not the problem of evil, but the problem of good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? In view of all of our individual and corporate evil, how is it that God in his love gives us so many of the good things that we enjoy in this world? That's really the problem, right? The problem of good. (laughs) Romans 9, for God uh, uh, loved Jacob and hated Esau. Mm. Why, Why did he hate Esau? I don't know. Why did he love Jacob? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it pleased God to do so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then there's an interesting point uh, that, that that our authors make here is uh, they, they title it um, as a subheading, Ehrman, a believer. <laughs> <laughs> so without God, Ehrman has nothing in which to ground the morality that undergirds the premise of his arguments. We kind of covered that a little bit. Uh, he has nothing but deep-seated feelings that this world is not as it should be. Well, not as it should be. It, that's, that's how it is. Armin says all that we have is what we have. And that's so you right. kind of got to make do with what it is. Help people. I don't know why, but help people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Bible <laughs> says that all humans, God's image bearers, were all representations of, of God here on earth. That's part of the whole uh, Genesis and, and the kind of the temple of the of, of Eden and, and uh, the command to go out into the world and expand the garden. That's 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 part of our priestly duties that Adam as our federal head failed to do, but that we're ultimately going to do the uh, great um, uh, GK Beale's book, uh, um, God's made in the image of God, God's God's image, uh, something along that lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks about that in, in his book, uh, God dwells among us. That's it ah, right there. Okay. It's, it's in, it's in, the, it's in the stacks. It's in the stacks. It was a really good book. Uh, but so, uh, the Bible says that all humans are God's image bearers and have his morality stamped on their souls. Uh, though, uh, though this morality can be suppressed in various ways, right. which Romans one tells us to. And ultimately we see from uh, a Genesis three fall standpoint is it becomes corrupted and we can suppress that. And so when, when we, when we hate other people, when we, do violence against that person. We're doing it ultimately against the image of God. Right, exactly. So, so you know, 
Erdman is uh, is no no longer believe believes the Bible, but he's still a believer. <laughs> right? How is that? Well, in as much as he believes the Bible standard for morality, that's where his source comes from, the basis of it, right? He can't escape the Bible's morality because it's written on his heart by the same one who stands behind the Bible that he now rejects. Right. right? Yeah. Something's wrong. and Something stinks in the state of Denmark. Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. You're saying that Denmark is, wasn't, uh, stinkiness isn't how it's supposed to be? That's odd. <laughs> <laughs> so despite, uh, despite these uh, uh, intuitions that point to something greater, Ehrman ultimately says that if God of the Bible did, did exist, he would be responsible for the evil in the world. Uh, instead, the Bible says the suffering entered the world because God's creatures rebelled. And uh, obviously there's nuance behind that. And we kind of covered that a little bit with um, with uh, um, uh, Mitch Stokes' book, right, exactly. um, How yeah. to Be an Atheist, and yeah. his interview with him. So. Um, I would uh, highly recommend going back and, and covering that. Uh, there's snippets of, of, of that portion as well um, in our short clips. And uh, instead, the Bible says that uh, um, uh, despite a worldview uh, that cannot justify his intuitions, that this world is not as it should be. Uh, again, suffering evil uh, seems to be the world is all we have. We need suffering. Uh, evolution uh, is, is, uh, accounts for suffering as an explanatory thing and we should desire it we should want it we yeah. should continue to want to evolve um uh, as, as as a species uh and so Ehrman's intuition points to the christian expectation that one day god will make things as they should be so uh th there there should be a way that this world should uh identify itself yeah, it yeah. should be structured there's a way that the world should be is yeah. what is what should and ought. Yeah, is but, what was what it, Nancy Pierce to. Nancy Pierce right. tells us those, those are our alarm bell words. Yeah. There is shoulds. a way that the world should be. Well, how do you get that? How do you get there? Why do you think that's the case? Well, because it doesn't seem like it's right now. Right. right? And so uh, the this chapter ends with uh, a quote from Revelation 21, 1 and 4. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will no longer uh, exist because the previous things have passed away. Right. Yeah. Again, if you want to do an internal critique, that, that's the best place to start. Um, you're 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 surpassing the the presuppositions. You're you're um, you're entering into the other person's worldview to um, determine whether or not uh, that that the the internal arguments that uh, the worldview uh, uses uh, is is a standard which can be held because it's uh, held without contradiction. And so um, we, we offer these things uh, as the Christian message and also for outsiders to enter into that internal world and to assume our presuppositions and then critique it within itself. Yeah, good. So, and so um, the the chapter also ends with discussion questions. And so, uh, again, I, uh, the, the the book is, is well structured. It this isn't uh, you know overly overly complicated. It, it tends to be more on the um, kind of college reading level. Um, and so if if you're um, utilizing this book, um, those those questions kind of help cover what what, uh, what you went over. And so um, um, th th those are sometimes helpful too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, moving on to chapter two uh, for our next uh, episode is is the Bible full of irre irresolvable contradictions contradictions yeah. so yeah. Uh, we're, we're stepping back into our uh, Bible contradictions explains 
Uh, and so we'll be covering that. And, and this and, is the area where, you know, if, if there is, if he had, where Erdman is really has expertise in, right? The yeah. critiquing of, uh, of the Bible and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it's kind of moving from uh, less expertise to more expertise. So right. the, this one tends to be more of an internal critique of, of, of what the Bible says amongst itself. Uh, but Erdman tends to be kind of a, uh, a bird's eye view or God's eye view of, <laughs> yeah, of the right. Bible right. um, for lack of a better term for him. <laughs> uh, so again, th- thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, you know, um, uh, share, like, subscribe, all those uh, good things. Um, we appreciate the, the listens to um, last month uh, was uh, a, a good month for downloads and everything. So uh, thank you for, um, for continuing to listen, drop us a line, uh, you know, feel free to leave reviews on Apple if people still listen on Apple. Uh, but uh, we just appreciate uh, um, you wanting to hear our breakdowns of the books, and, and hopefully we find you find value in blowing off the dust to, to some of the books that are behind me as well. So thank you. Thank you. See you next time.